You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Tyra. Yes, Rizcha Daraisa is coming your way. But first, you've heard me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in an up to 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder, its officers, and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now... Rishadaraisa, coming your way. Get ready. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rishadaraisa. I'm here with Rabbi Yisrael Karil Pechafer, and I have to say, in some ways, painfully, yes, I am here. I'm not in Eretz Yisrael anymore, and I have to tell you, as uh, you hit the ground running and being sort of like jet lag attaches itself to you in so many small ways, uh, I don't know if I have the wherewithal uh, to take on Rabbi Yosef in a combatant mode, and especially as this time calls for Achtos. So I'm hoping Rabbi Yosef is going to go a little bit soft on me, but something in his visage tells me that he is actually primed for something. Rabbi Yosef, go ahead. I'm unleashing the fire. Um, actually, it's uh, not against you, Chas V'Shalom. I wanted to pick up topic Achtos. I saw on Facebook this morning, uh, somebody posted a link to another, uh, to another, uh, group and where, which is full of sinna for, for Judaism by Israelis, unfortunately. And, uh, one woman was so proud of herself for, um, not having uh, released herself from the shackles of Orthodox Judaism many years ago because there is no God. Clearly there's no God because all these people on Shabbos, Simchas Torah called out to God. And God did not uh, answer them, and God did not um, God did not respond to their many tefillos to be saved from uh, the uh, wicked enemies. Hamas murderers, in other words, as they were huddling and praying to God, right. they were not their prayers were not answered. Right. So it's try this group is a group which uh, advocates for the separation of Israel into two states, one for the Orthodox Jews and one for the non-Orthodox Jews, to Judea and Israel. And so, so I was thinking that she is actually, she is exactly the reason why she and her ilk are exactly the reason why these things happen to Amisro, because it's posh to me that, and it should be, I think, posh to anybody 
that the reason why these Kedoshim died, they died as Kedoshim, there's no doubt about that, is because of the lack of Achlus and Am Yisrael. And the, the, I'm not signing blame right now. Um, obviously, you and I have different opinion, may have different opinions to where the blame should be assigned. But and the depth of the um, lack of Achlus in Am Yisrael before this event inevitably precipitated this event. And the tikkun of this event is obviously the tremendous achlus which happened in the wake of the event. Somebody else wrote me that um, the only way Israel can be saved at this point is by supernatural miracles. I said when we when to this person, I said when Amisos Ba'achlus, then we do the supernatural miracles are natural. And uh, all of our existence in the land of Israel since 1948 and is uh, miraculous. There is no other way to look at it. And um, generally speaking, I think that uh, people need to take the broader picture and see how many miracles there are and that um, so few Jews are killed by rockets. And uh, it's, it is an important theological question to be addressed. It is a significant one. But uh, it, I think there are obvious answers to it. Not, now, people who have the questions won't necessarily be satisfied with the answers, but, and especially Emirati and Lodem Trascaso. But uh, we have to be able to give over those answers to people who do listen and do want answers. Well, well, well let me stop you for a second, although I, I'm happy that, that that you were intense. The response of Achtus uh, being the key, I think, has been basically spoken about in many, many chambers of the Jewish people. The idea of the two states, I think um, someone who I, I really loved his article, uh, Nathan Lopez Cardoza uh, wrote an article that you can find on his website and that the Jerusalem Post made part of their special magazine last Shabbos, as their Shabbos, also pointed to the fact that Israelis were living that sort of fantasy that there are two states in a way. There is the ideal of we are there because we are God's people. And then there's the second democratic, historical, ethnic, political state. And he felt that this was the moment to recognize that that second state can never hold water. It can never win the arguments in the binational realm of whose soil is it, but they have to own up to the fact that there is a soul to this land, a soul to the people that are bound to God with God's mission and what God wants from them. I, I thought it was very well written, and I thought it was a, a great appeal to everyone, because ultimately the canard that this is just a refuge, that this is just the answer to the Holocaust, that this is just a place to just escape persecution, we know that that can be withered away, that can dissipate, that can lose its high ground and recede along with the memories of the Holocaust itself. Well, I think the, one of the great tragedies and very big crises is that among the young American Jews, and I mean college students and that, that, that ilk, uh, it, it has, we have lost legitimacy. I saw people say who consider themselves to be not religious but devout Jews to uh, that Israel is exterminating the Arab civilian Arabs in Gaza, and that therefore they are equally reprehensible with Hamas. 
I think if you go into the average hill on a college campus today, that is not a infrequently heard sentiment. Yeah, again, the the moral equivalency statements that I don't want to see suffering on either side. I care for Palestinian children and Jewish children. All of those are basically poisonous code language. And we need to be able to state that we don't glory in the death of any child or the, even the death of a Palestinian child who's been raised on hate. But what we need to say is that the Hamas are the ones that are responsible for their deaths because of the way they have planted their military sites, the way they have allowed their city to develop. And therefore, when we say that, yes, we mourn them, but we blame Hamas for them. And that has to be said clearly. And uh, therefore, these statements of that you're hearing uh, are dangerous because they paint the Israelis, who I'm not going to say that they are ballet dancers who are just waiting to pick up their partner and lift them up and gently put them down. They are aggressive and they are going to do their job. But we know the humanitarian steps that they take. And that has to be stressed. You need to stress it. You need to stress it with your friends because you are much more active on social media than I am. I am a podcast producer and I want social media to pick up our shows and I, I want to get feedback from them. But you are a person who interacts with people on social media and a very, uh, as everyone knows, your blog spot, uh, your, your Orthodox Jews Against Racism, many people that you've never met and never will meet only know you within that virtual sphere. So you, I think, need to be a mouthpiece. All of a sudden, you may, you're, trying, you're building up my ego. You spent like 30 years building, to just crushing my ego. What's going on here? I actually don't think that's such a great shebach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Considering that you want it to be, it's, it ain't exactly a melech. However, <laughs> however, since you decided to sort of relish this role and to respond and, to, and you enjoy it because it's sort of iconoclastic and interesting, Tell these people, tell them all, even the ones that are on the fringes, I mourn their deaths, but the but, but Hamas is responsible. And, and therefore, even when you have incidental deaths and you have friendly fire deaths and you have events where you even begin to say it needs to killing needs to stop everywhere on both sides, once you hear that, that has to be Muktzamach Masmius. I, I am I am scared and shivering over this propaganda war. Before we get to Biden, I want to tell you about an article, another article I read in the Jewish press. The editor, or one of the main editors, talked about how he felt it was pikuach nefesh on that Shabbos to do his job, to type his information, to be an outlet for more positive reporting. Because even though there was fighting on the ground and there was clearly, and he wasn't helping that, but he recognized the propaganda war he recognized how even in the inception of the attacks, getting a story from an organ that was more understanding of what we would call the Froome perspective is, is crucial. And, and, and I don't know if I would have necessarily told him as a Rav, go ahead. Because if we, if the Jerusalem Post and the Times of Israel, which is also uh, a, a more orthodox leaning outlet or Amodia or whatever, if they end up 
in the back and those voices aren't heard, then the propaganda war will be lost. And it's incredible that the propaganda war, this is the idea I want to share with you before we get to Biden, is the propaganda war is also a front. And it goes in line with what I'm telling you. And that I don't that is unprecedented. Uh, it wasn't true in 73, of course, because there wasn't that type of, there was no big social media, there was no big different sites. What do you think? Do you agree with the, 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 the approach? Not necessarily the PSAC to be matir, possible Xiva or using electronics equipment, but the idea is this is a second front of, of, of how we present ourselves. Definitely on the Rabbonans, I can see reasonably make them. Uh, certainly, uh, there's a lot of the rises, perhaps, with the Rabbonans, there's room to be makel. And I think some of that probably underlies the psak which they gave to continue to, to identify the dead bodies. We've got to do everything. And even I here in Abel's Nyman, I just got back from Rachel's Stroll. I'm talking to people that work with me, the people that help me do my job, the, the one, the dedicated workers. And I tell them what Israel is. I want them to know. And they are part of the Latin community. They're part of the African-American community. I, I, I I'm not shy in telling them, yes, I just got back from Israel. And it's not just about, are you safe? And is your family safe? I make sure to tell them that what the attack means. And when I, and, and, and I try to stop them when they start saying, it's terrible what's going on there. It's terrible when kids have to die. It's terrible. You know, when you hear that, but that's already, it sounds very innocuous, but that is the beginning of the moral equivalency. And I, I'm telling all our listeners, even though many of them are yeshivalite, many of them have just been a Torah, people just like listening to us while they're taking their walks, you have a chiyuv to be part of this propaganda war. And if you work with someone who you order things from, if you take a coffee break with a non-Jewish worker, don't be afraid to bring this up. Yes, they know it's coming from a prejudice source, but the more they hear it, the more things can change. Now, we know it's all based on their Rebbeinu but still, we have to do our Ashtabas. And I know it's sort of like untoward to say, why are you bringing up politics, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Be willing to make that statement. And if you can't make it yourself, say, hey, can I send you a website? Can I send you uh, this article? Uh, and you can read it and you can see it's like a it's like a, a salesman. You're right. Ninety nine of the hundred people will slam the door in your face. They're not going to look at that article. But one of them might decide on his trip home as he's waiting to get over the George Washington Bridge to check this out and maybe hear the truth. And whether and again, I'm I'm going to say normally I am not a big fan of pushing other websites or other podcasts because who do you need anything more than Rizka Daraisa? I think here I want to put out there uh, three podcasts that I think are very well done. One of them everybody's going to know about. And that, of course, is Ben Shapiro. I think Ben Shapiro has been a champion. Ben Shapiro has been unflagging. Listen to Ben Shapiro. He is worthwhile and take something from him. The second one I want to really uh, suggest for our listeners is a wonderful funny podcast in some times, but really good. Uh, it's Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly was a former uh, anchor on Fox and then for a little while on uh, MSNBC and then NBC. She is tough. She is smart. Uh, she allows her speakers to make their points. The third one is one that I have not 
really been, you know, I, I've, I've listened to them. I said, boy, you know, they talk over each other and uh, they spend a lot of time talking about silly and stupid things, even worse than Bechoffer and me. But I want to tell you, I think in the last couple of days, they have been champions. And that is the commentary podcast of John Padahertz and his his group, Christine Rosen and uh, Matthew Caninetti. They have been excellent. Even just telling people to listen to those three podcasts, I think, is a mitzvah rabbah. One of the other things which this woman put, pointed out in this uh, diatribe against the Yiddishkeit is something which uh, is a very big problem because it's very widespread, which is the, I have my sister forwarded to me this morning a, uh, a link to a, a Google document called On the Sechoshebchemimonu, in which this person amasses uh, 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 records of miracles which happened in the course of the current uh, conflict to Amisro. And a, a lot of these miracles are things like, uh, this is just an example, as we know, this is, this is known, that uh, the gates of the kibbutz uh, religious uh, Yishuvim were closed on Shabbos, and therefore they passed over several of the Yishuvim. I believe that that is a story that should be released 10 years from now, but because we have immediate media coverage, uh, people quoting Rabbonim that supposedly said to do it. Uh, again, uh, Yeshua Pfeffer told me that the Rav, who this was quoted in his name, said he never said that this story uh, should be given uh, circulation. But these are not the things you want to hear being said. Right. I think I think it's usher to be mafarsimit. It's too late because everything is mafarsim. Yes, and they shouldn't even be saying, which I saw there, among other stories, is that uh, they shot a rocket in Yerushalayim and it fell in Abu Ghosh on a mosque. Because the Arabs in Abu Ghosh are not our enemies. And the Arab who was killed there was an Israeli citizen. And I don't know exactly whether what his inclinations are, but we have to be very careful with that, especially uh, especially with Arabs like, who are loyal to Israel. And we know there are many of them. I see them in uh, my group. I publish stories like that about Druze and Bedouins who are fighting for Israel. And uh, so not just about Shemir Shabbos versus non-Shemir Shabbos, which is perhaps worse, but also about uh, 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 Jews versus non-Jews within the same Israel. And, and, and again, without, it goes without saying that, and I've heard this as well, and it needs to be squashed, and it's ushered to say this, that the stomp or whatever that dance movement was, the, the retzach that occurred there, and to somehow intimate that those were the types of Jews that were killed based on their leanings, their sexuality, and it's, it's, it's the worst possible thing. It goes total counter to Achtes Yisrael. You rightly called these people Kedoshim, whoever they were, there is halachic articles, which if you contact Rabbi Becher or myself, I can show you that discuss this appellation from... Uh, I think we discussed this once with, the, with Rabbi Miller in the Holocaust or something like that. So, there, and again, I, and, and I think there is room to discuss it from a halachic and a historical standpoint, who we call a Kodesh. My feeling is, and again, it's, it's, it's not necessarily everybody's day. There are some who who are careful giving this appellation to, 
and and there might be halachic justification for them, but in this time, I'm going to mechriya even if it's miut, and I don't think it is. But even if it's chetzi de chetzi, we need to call them kedusha. Right now, it's like World War II. Even the people that didn't go to war walked the streets of American communities and made sure people had their lights out, made sure people were uh, giving their steel and metal. That is the key of now. We are all in war. We're all in war and we're mechuyiv at this point. As much as you and I enjoy being on the fringes and, uh, you know, adapting. Yes, but I think now we have to discover other areas to fight about. But in this area, we need, to, I think, to consolidate. Yeah, I want to, but I want to reiterate. I'm, I'm not agreeing with you. I'm just reiterating what I said earlier in this program, which is that if you watch the interviews with the survivors, many of them said, and they, from the party, they said, I thought it was over and I said Shema Yisrael. Right. And, and this is, again, this really underscores, despite the rabid energy of the leftists, if you scrape down underneath, there is still a traditionalist waiting to emerge. Not necessarily a from Tzaddik, but a traditionalist right. indeed. And because many of them were raised by parents who you know, they, they went to Shul, they didn't eat on Yom Kippur, uh, they, they recognized, they, they might have, they might have felt shackled by the Shabbos laws, but they all knew what Kedusha Shabbos was. They know what Shabbos is. And, and therefore, to, as you say, to treat them with the, with a vitriolic type of attitude and to say, Baruch Hashem, that was Makala Kaitzim and Akerem, these are the things which any of that needs to be squashed. Unfortunately, I think as the Mohomo moves on, as time, and it seems like everybody is saying that we're talking about a long, protracted situation, the cracks will develop. And you will hear people go out there on social media or some other place. Some Rosh Hashiva is going to give a schmooze. It's going to get on tape. And it's then going to be Mephorsim. Chachomim hizoru bidivreichem. On a lighter side, did you see that the tapes of that guy who was the great grandson of Elio Lapian getting up on the Bima in Hebron and other places? Did you see that? And doing the Tfil Shalom Amadina? No, no, he started giving the guys in Bush. You know, I didn't know. I, I, if I knew he could do this, I'd go into Hebron and start giving Shir Kloli. He got up on the at the bima at the front and said, "I'm Rebellion Lapians." I don't think he's from maybe he's traditional. He got I'm, I'm the Rebellion Lapians' uh, great grandson, and I love Taira and I'm Mechazik Torah and I support Taira. And you guys have to start going to Levias twice a day, two Levias a day. That's what you have to do. And uh, finally, one of the Barker in the Rosh Hashiva got him to go, you know took him down. Fascinating to see that. I didn't hear about that. I, I will tell you a, a related story. I heard from someone who was an Eidraya to it. Uh, he happened to have been at Har Herzl, where you know many of the soldiers are given a hallowed place in their mind in that, that Har. And he found there was a Bokhar from Mir that was there. And he was there with a shovel. And he didn't want to give his name. But he left the Seder in order to help dig the Kvarim. Uh, for these fallen heroes. He didn't want to give his name, but he said he remembers hearing um, from his grandfather that his grandfather, who was also uh, a Chanicha Yeshivos, 
50 years ago by the Yom Kippur War did the same thing. And therefore, he, learning from his grandfather, went, uh, yes, we, we, we didn't fight, but we are there to be Malave, to be Koiver, to bring together Yisrael. And, and, and let, me, let me just say uh, my pet peeve, which I've said on many programs, and those of you that are only Rizka the Raisa listeners, because you get it from uh, Rabbi Yosef's blog spot, we have a, a, a wide range of shurim that I've done, as, as Rabbi Yosef implied before, uh, I've done uh, 18 special Gaza war stories. Uh, and I have a 19th, which is sort of like wraps everything up that, that's dropping. Uh, my point here is that off, I've said that I am disgusted by the fact that we're going to do Pei Gimel. Okay, that's great. Pei Gimel is very illustrative that pick up it and tell him about the different nations and what they want to do. Yes, that's very good. And it gives you the nations. But after that Tilim is over, there need, we should be makabal, what the heroes of the Rabbonat Roshit and others, it should not just be a basis. There has to be the Chayalim. There has to be a Oimnim, a Mishmor, It's not a Chayalim, basis. basis. Yes, all of, 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 of Klal Yisrael, of Eretz Yisrael, could be hit by rockets. And yes, a terrorist attack can occur any time, but there needs to be, first and foremost, a tefillah for the ones who we know are going into the line of fire. And, and when they walk in, in, and even now, every single one of them is not just a potential target, it's an actual target. And we know, Nebuch, that, that unless things happen in almost a miraculous way. They're going to be killed. They're going to, and we have to say that uh, in the yeshivas. And it has to be, now again, I, I, I don't necessarily condemn those that aren't accepting the Rabbanot HaRoshit's to say Avinu Malkeinu continuously, uh, and to keep on saying Avinu Malkeinu, maybe in Futsal it doesn't make sense, but the, the soldiers need to be mentioned directly. I, I, I hope you agree with me. That Achenuka Beis Yisrael is just the power of a boilerplate. And even though you have in mind, have the courage to say, yes, them specifically, the soldiers. And I hope in Anshe Palisade, you're going to have the guts to do that. Of course. Anshe Palisade is doing all three Mishabarachs. And Medina Yisrael as well. Whatever you think about the legitimacy of the Medina, right now, any illegitimacy of that Medina is going to endanger Jewish lives. So, like the Medina or not, we're being mispowled by Sholem, that Medina, and all the government services that they, they provide, and their diplomatic corps, and every single aspect of them. Anyway, I want to get back to a point from before, which is that, um, just like you said, when you scratch a leftist or Khilomi, you'll find a traditionalist. This war also shows that if you scratch a Haredi, you'll find somebody who's who really is concerned with the state and with the soldiers, perhaps even to an extent they didn't realize themselves. You see that in the volunteerism in the Haredi community, which is, uh, I think, extraordinary, especially relative to the animosity which existed just a few weeks ago. You're talking about the the fact that they are working on sending food and, and driving. And, yes, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's part of what Ref, Dine Pfeffer spoke to me about was allowing uh, drivers to drive on Shabbos to certain checkpoints and to bring stuff, to bring gear. I, you know, I, I just wished there was 
more of a a public piercing from Rabdov Landau, uh, from uh Sternbach, from other leaders in this regard, that and, and mentioning this. And 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 that I think that 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 silence, as I've said in previous podcasts, is deafening. Yes, you're right. On, on, on a ground level, you're gonna find many Haredi families, especially there have been Haredi Rabbonim whose children have died already as soldiers. And and I, I think that you know it's 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 not even it's an open secret, but I think the it's it, it is a the tremendous lesson that the Bnei Teira who are in those yeshivas still have to learn, and especially I would say the American guys who were there for their gap year or their second year or for their eighth year or they're now learning there. I think that coming together it has to coalesce even in in, in a greater fashion. You're looking at bottles half 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 empty. I'm looking at it's half full. Well, well, again, I'm happier the optimist on this. I, I'm just saying I want more. Yeah, I, I, I want to see the Israeli flag flying outside of the Mir Yeshiva. That's what I want to see. That is, that, that is very important. I think it's important for the American kids to see that. You know, I sent um, a picture home to my kids on our WhatsApp group. I was, of course, sending images uh, throughout my trip, but the images I was most proud of was on Rishkodesh. I met a uh, in the hotel. I met a 50-year-old chayal who was called up. Although mostly it's only till 40 that the miluim are in place, but people of special skills and talents uh, are called up even beyond that age. But this fellow was called up because it seems like he knows how to run a company, and he was there to give uh, a command of discipline. And he said to me that if there is a ceasefire. A ceasefire will only be agreed to because we need it. In other words, the soldiers need the training. As as gung ho as they are, they are sorely underprepared. I think that's why they've been laying it for these two weeks because of training, right? And that's why that's what he works on. And 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 you think about that. You think about what that is to to shape a a, a platoon to get them ready uh, to make them work as one, despite the fact that they want to. There's just certain uh, nuts and bolts and things that are only possible by 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 months and months, and this they have to be ready within two weeks. So this is something that he was telling me. But I had a picture of myself taken with him, and it was on Rishchodesh, and the caption was, "Saba was able to kiss the Sefer Torah today," and that of course is the fact that I could hug the the soldier. My last night in Yerushalayim. I was at the again at the at the Plaza Hotel and really watching the, the the families revel in the banquet-like atmosphere. Families who had never really, I'm sure, only eat just you know just chicken on Shabbos were getting barbecued meat and keves, you know you know lamb and everything else that goes with it. Different types of potatoes are all together, and there was one table that had uh, a number of Chayolim there. They had relatives that were in the hotel. Perhaps they were on their way and they knew the hotel was a place that they could stop at. And uh, I asked them if I could uh, talk with them, and I did, and get a picture with them. And, um, you know, my, my kids had a problem with my last day in Israel. They wanted me to be with them. I had other things I needed to do in Yerushalayim, like go to the Koisul and and 
They said, you know, Saba, why don't you stay with us? You know, and I had to explain. So in this picture, which I took with, with the soldiers, you know, I said, Saba has his last supper with his other children because they're my kids. You know, we're both old men. I'm older than you. Here were these young fellows. Much older. Yes. Young fellows in their twenties, maybe 30, the oldest one. These are my, these are our children. Just like, you know, in the Jewish playwright Arthur Miller in his incredible tragedy, All My Sons. It's a wonderful play about a man with his, his children. And he's a, he's a supplier of munitions to the army. And it turns out through a series of events that he supplied inferior material to the defense department because he wanted to make a bigger profit. And it turned out that either it was the airplane or the, the ship that was carrying his material ended up either sinking or being shot down because of that. And this fellow, father, when he recognizes that, although he's been dealing with his own children, he commits suicide. And in his suicide note, you know, he says, they're all my sons. You can be made that it's hard for me to get this out. They're our sons. They are our sons. They are our children. We're <laughs> we're curmudgeons. We're not. We, no one's going to give us. No one's going to give us any rifles. Are going to send us up to. We're not going to be in the Zaka. Or we're not going to be posketing the big shilas either. But we can definitely feel the regish of an av. Like the Rebbeinu Shalom is our father. Those soldiers are my kids, my children. And, you know, I hope this is a sentiment that we can can share. So once again, as my good friend Pesach Krohn says, let's review. Number one, this is a propaganda war. Tell everybody, tell all your friends, Gentile especially, there is no moral equivalency. Suggest websites to them. Suggest articles to them they can read. Risk of rice, I don't know if they're going to get much out. But tell them. Tell them about it. Don't be afraid to be pushy about this. Because public opinion, if it moves against us, uh, it, it is terrible. Two, what Rabbi Yosef says to you, remember, Achdas Yisrael is, is crucial. We all have Yisraelis and Achdas, and we can all work on it. And as the Telzer Rosh Hashimahs used to say, the Dawud of Nazikin are all found within each of us. The Borbish Sarabin is in your face. The way you be every Shabbos, or even in the street, the grimace that you have, the fact that you just turn away when someone looks at you, that's a bore. Because at that point, you are showing that you're not connected. You're showing you're, that's generating period. I said, I, I was myself one to put it to that part. And that is a barbish sarabim. Usually the kaira is the mazik, but he doesn't fall in. But when you don't smile towards the person who's with you, you don't show positivity, you don't show upon him to advice, you fall in to the bar as well. And I don't know if there's a way out. So be positive towards people. Try to generate achdus in a real way. Well, I will send on a positive note here that uh, this is the parsha in which Hamas is eradicated. Even though the Hamas is basically the aggressive desire to just have what someone else has and that you'll take it from the person and throw him to the ground and just grab it, Hamas has, has, has done something, has taken that term and put it on steroids. Where it I, is, think it's such, I think it's such that they took that term to describe themselves. Yes, and if it's a Hamsin, uh, right, the Hamsin is, is believed to me, they'll grab it 
without Dumbin. But unfortunately, the Dumbin did indeed flow. I do also want to tell our listeners that um, this is Rizcha Daraisa, but I did a special program with uh, Rabbi Yechon Meir Bechaber, where he had his very strong day about what he thinks the topic for Klal is. And I hope Rabbi Yosef will have the... Uh, our listeners should know that I am nowhere near as entertaining as my brother. <laughs> if you want to listen to something which is geschmack, you should listen to the, the show with my brother. Yes, and Rabbi Yosef, I'm going to put him on the spot. He'll, he will um, highlight it, even, I hope, on his own blog spot. You were, you were going to hear some very strong and forceful and important opinions from Rabbi Yechon and Mayor Bechhofer. And talk about, hopefully next week, we'll be talking about... Um, Shalom Shava. You said it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.